going to college and being away from church friends, family, local expectations, it freed me to decide uh, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, and whether or not I wanted like this life, this idea of like following Jesus as part of what I wanted to schedule into my day. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Buzz, and I'm one of the pastors here at Three Crosses Church, and I'm so glad that you chose to tune in this week and hear from Kelly Kaufman, a really good friend of mine and colleague here at Three Crosses Church, about her experience following Jesus. Kelly was really inspired this week looking at the life of the Apostle Peter, how he was built into by the Lord Jesus, and Peter felt like he had his life going a certain way. And then one day, Peter discovered that his life isn't going that way. His Lord and Savior, who he'd walked through life with, was actually going to the cross to die. That was a big left turn in Peter's life, and he had to decide, am I going to follow Jesus anyway, even though it's going to the cross, or am I going to go my own way? You know, Kelly's lived some of these same themes in her own life, and so I invited her to come on and share those with you, our listeners, about how choosing to follow Jesus, even if it doesn't turn out how you'd expect, is absolutely worth it. I think you're going to be inspired and impacted by what she has to say. We also want to give you a reminder that a couple weeks from now, we're going to be doing our Burning Questions series. And so if you have a question about this podcast or about life at Three Crosses or about the Bible or about what does it mean to follow Jesus or really about anything, we're collecting those and then we're going to respond to those here a couple weeks from now. So contact us at podcast at threecrosses.org with your burning question and maybe we'll select it uh, to be a part of the podcast. So without further ado, let's turn over to Kelly and give it a listen. What a great treat for me this week to be here with my friend, Kelly Kaufman. Kelly, welcome to the Three Crosses podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Kelly, how many Three Crosses podcasts have you listened to? And if it's not all of them, just plead the fifth. Ooh, ooh, I'm not supposed to lie. So, ooh, hard question. But several. I really do enjoy them. That's right. Now, you've been around at Three Crosses even before the podcast was a thing, right? So tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you came to come to church here at Three Crosses. And Sure. I was, uh, I think I was literally born on Saturday and in church on Sunday. My parents- And by literally, you mean literally in the literal sense, not in the figurative, <laughs> emphatic sense, right? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> My parents met at Three Crosses. They started attending here when they were in elementary school. I think my dad was also even earlier than that. He might have been born here also. So uh, they met when they were in grade school. They started dating when they were college age and they got married and had me and my two brothers here. I grew up super involved in kids ministry and kids camp, youth ministry, going to all the events. And um, church life was a huge part of my life, but also uh, a relationship with God was important to me from a super early age, uh, my parents taught me that it was really vital and that that was where the true source of um, both morality and also um, like freedom and and um, guidance for decisions was really found. And so that really shaped me. I went to Three Crosses until I was about 19 and that's when I moved away. All right. So you moved away and I feel like dun, 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 you know, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Like I also moved away from home in my late teens. Uh, cause like, as you follow Jesus, like you're saying, like you get wisdom for decisions and you were led a certain way to chase. Was it more education that took you away or an experience or? What yeah, was it? sort of both. Um, uh, school has always been sort of a skill of mine. It's easy for me to learn. It's easy for me to achieve in school. So 
I got good grades in high school. I could kind of choose where I wanted to go to college, and I decided to do a study abroad to Northern Ireland. Um, I moved there right after my 19th birthday, and I loved it so much. It was um, easy and interesting and fun, and uh, I decided to do all my schooling there. Uh, after that, I worked for like a nonprofit for a while, and I did some marketing for a while, and it was easy and fun and interesting, and it just played to all the things that I loved the most. And there kind of is no dun 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 in that like I found a great church there, and then through that church, I found a great family there, and um, I still got to do so much of like uh, the work of the community of God. Like I got to be involved in so many great outreach events. And I got to uh, really preach to some of my friends in college. And it was really uh, a vibrant part of my life. And because that worked out so well for me, it really played to my strengths. Then I went on and did a master's in um, London. So another move. But I went to church there. I got to have great like influence and fun with my friends there. I feel like people might be getting the impression that there's church life outside of the Three Crosses walls. <laughs> which I would be really hesitant <laughs> for people to get too excited about. But it is kind of cool to hear that like what was instilled in you from a young age, like you took with you into college and even and even overseas. And so maybe we'll unpack that a little bit because um, I love Europe. I love traveling in Europe. But each country in Europe has its own distinct history and own distinct heritage mm-hmm. and own distinct challenges. And Northern Ireland, I think, is one of those places that I know is really close to your heart. So what is it about that country that you felt like really spoke to you? And like, I belong here and I want to be here. And then also tell us what Northern Ireland is. Because <laughs> I know, but I want to check to make sure that you know. Yeah, Northern Ireland things. is a is a pretty special and uh, specific kind of place. Um, it's like this, like small, maybe like 20 to 25% of the island of Ireland. And um, it has been hard fought over by Catholics and Protestants for six to 800 years. Um, So there's this legacy of these two like different branches of Christianity that just fight it out both literally and culturally. Because Northern Ireland is different than when we say Northern California, like a geographic region. It's actually its own separate political unit from the rest of the island but not fully independent either. So it kind of makes it. Yeah, a really you're absolutely place. right. It Because it is like politically separated, that gives a toehold for people that want to fight about that. And because it is literally just an easy walk across the border, that gives people a toehold for people that uh, want to keep it like connected or the same. So there's just like, it's just really easy to fight about. So they've been fighting about it for a long time. So I moved into this like milieu of like people that claim to be Christians and and only really attend church or mass like maybe every six months, if even that, but then like literally hate each other or fight each other or only send their kids to specific schools or in specific sports. And I'm like, I've never experienced this before. Don't we right. all, you know, want to pursue following Jesus? <laughs> Why is this the choice we're making with our supposedly yeah. following Jesus lives? So there's a connection with your religious faith in terms of your identity or your political unit or your family history much more than, if I'm understanding you correctly, like a personal vibrant faith and wanting to follow Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Your religious sect there is like your ethnicity. It's immutable. You never switch back and forth. You never marry outside of your faith. That's super rare. And you wouldn't dream of like changing your favorite sports team or of uh, choosing a different favorite supermarket because no, this is the one that my group goes to. Oh, wow. As a Royals fan, 
I, I can identify with the immutability and trappedness of being stuck <laughs> with a team for your whole life. And my poor kids having to deal with all of this. But that's, I think, similar in some ways to the Christian context that we find ourselves in America, that sometimes belonging to Christ, Christianity broadly or belonging to a particular church gives you some sort of in or out group, but it feels like that's just the intensity is unmatched by what you found in Northern Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. The It's to a much gentler degree here. Um, here you can see it some ways expressed in like the expectation that a Christian should look like this or a Christian should vote this way. Um, but over there, it's just a, just a much, much higher degree and you see much less uh, variation within that group. So you went for school, you stayed for a master's, moved for a master's, but still in the British Isles. Did mm -hmm. you think you'd be there for forever? Um, I thought that I would be gone for longer than I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thought it? that I would Before bounce we... to the next thing and, and the next thing and the next thing and that I wouldn't come back to Three Crosses for a long time. What was it about being abroad and being in those contexts that made it really feel like this is home for me and this is what I want to pursue? I'm really glad you asked because I think the largest reason that I stayed in Northern Ireland wasn't really just because I liked school there so much or I liked the change there so much, but going to college and being away from church friends, family, local expectations, it freed me to decide uh, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, and whether or not I wanted like this life, this idea of like following Jesus as part of what I wanted to schedule into my yeah. day. It was the first place that I really had to choose and I chose in. And when I opted in, I felt like God uh, really blessed me with like happiness, with like sureness as to what my next step should take, with great friends, with real opportunities to talk to people about God and about my faith. Like I felt like I made a decision and God really blessed that decision. And uh, so continuing to make that decision in uh, like, future situations and the next days and the next weeks as I moved to London, like it was amazing to see how God uh, blessed my decision to follow him with like the opportunity to make a big impact on my friends, just to love them, just to be yeah. a good friend. I was never more like uh, alive as a Christian or alive as a human as when I had made that decision for that first time. Yeah, that's really cool to talk about. Like, who are you going to be as your own self as a grown up and mm -hmm. then deciding to be in, as you put it? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like I had to really decide to be in for myself because I never really moved away and never really moved out of my Christian rooted bubble. And I kind of, I mean, I was probably a lot older when I decided like, man, like this following Jesus thing, like maybe 33 was when I had to make a real decision. Like, do I want to do something that's safe or do I want to do something to follow him? And here you are at 19 making these kind of mm -hmm. calls. You know, I think for some of our listeners, you may find yourself in that same point. You might be a teenager deciding, like, who am I going to be? Or you may be 33 plus thinking, like, man, these things still are costing me. I think yeah. that's part and parcel of following Christ. We have to choose. The Gospel of Luke tells us daily, take up your cross Absolutely. and follow. You it know? makes me think of parents, too. My parents were making that choice actively when we were, you know, three kids really close in age running around to big fat hassle sports teams all the time. Like, are we going to try and prioritize church and youth group and expensive events? Like, yeah. are we going to follow Jesus in that way with our time and our money and our like, you know, the madness in our household? I'm so glad they did because it really set me up for success. Yeah, that's awesome. Your parents are awesome. I recommend our listeners go and hound them as often as possible. <laughs> Don't tell them that I sent you, however. If you're listening, <laughs> hi, mom. Love you guys. <laughs> but also not hi, dad. Let's make that clear. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, of course. You kind of implied that you came back sooner than you thought. And here you are in my room. So obviously you're not in Northern Ireland. You're not mm. in London any longer. Yeah. There was something that brought you back sooner than you thought. You at 19, choosing to be in, all in, and the Lord blessing you richly. And it was like almost this positivity, like our listeners can't see your face, but you're like beaming when you're talking about that time. And then here you are taking a step to be in, but it wasn't, it doesn't seem like it was all quite so positive, happiness-filled kind of a time in your life. What was that like to follow Jesus, be all in with a blessing, and then follow Jesus, be all in, and get something you didn't expect on the other side? Right. Um, It felt like a a left turn or a letdown. It was uh, amazing to think that I had, it like literally amazed me. There we go, literally, of like how I could (laughs) be like following God, actively choosing Um, what he wanted me to say in the hard situations and like really following like the talents and the places that he had set me out to be and then realizing that the next step in that trajectory like wasn't the one that I had expected. I was applying to jobs in my field all over the world. My friends were getting these kinds of jobs in our field all over the world with same or not even quite as good qualifications as I was. And it was just absurd the amount of like turning down that I was getting. I think because of that, it made me realize like, okay, this must be from God because it doesn't make any sense why I haven't got any of these in. But like I was in, um, you know, second and third stage interviews with jobs in Norway, in uh, Central Africa, all of the United States. I was flown out for interviews multiple times and nothing made it to that like final yes. And I remember thinking like, uh, God, I was like hurtling forward on this path that you had set out for me. Like you obviously built me in this way. Like, why won't you let me take the next step? Like I thought our plan was to go here. And yeah. then I'm realizing like, oh, well, our plan really, it was just like I decided and I told God that this is what we were going to do. And <laughs> so far they kind of worked together. But then at some point God was like, no, I've created a specific place in the kingdom for you to be working right now. And it's just not the same one that you thought you would be in. And I had to take solace in like places in the Bible where it talks about um, like people that also were like seemingly like achieving success or um, like feeling like they were like rising in the position they were in or worshiping God and, and attempting to be in the center of his will and doing the best they could with what they were given. Like Daniel, like he's like rising to the top of this like kind of a bad situation, but he's like serving the new king and the king has really like elevated him. And then all of a sudden he's like, what? God, you put me in like a den with lions. Like I did not see this as part of the plan. Like, and then, you know, God's like, you know, I I had a plan for that too. And now we have this amazing story, which is real, but is also like this like thing that can live in our hearts and give us security and freedom and hope for our futures that when – our life takes this massive left turn and we didn't see ourselves in this lion's den, which is not as bad as lions when you just can't get a job. But that God had a purpose for that and yeah. he is using that. And even if I don't see it now, it's been a couple years, I'm still not exactly sure what God is doing in my life. He's still yeah. not responding to my plan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but Is it though? Like, I don't know. Following <laughs> Jesus is really complicated because I think you're exactly right that God has a specific plan for us that we don't get to control and that it is better for us than the plans we make for ourselves. I think that's absolutely true. And then sometimes we look at every single life circumstance and almost try to puzzle out, well, how is this being used for a greater purpose? (laughs) When sometimes things just are hard and they just Mm -hmm. stink and like we don't know how to put all the pieces together. Yeah. 
I don't know. We've had conversations before about this. I just want to encourage our listeners that like if you don't know where you're going or what God's plan is to trust him, it's it's yeah. good. It's, it's okay good. to not know what God is doing right now. And I think it's okay to look back on an event in the past and not feel obligated to put a little button on it and be like, oh, that's why. Now I'm okay with it and we can move on. Like, I don't think that it's necessary to deny any past trauma or disappointment just so you can feel like you have to you know, tie something in a bow and, and like, oh, this is why, move on. It's okay not to know. And it's okay to accept that God has like a way different vantage point than we do. He knows what he's doing and, and he's going to do something much greater than I could have imagined for myself. Yeah. So in the midst of all this applying for a job, kind of looking for work is is hard. So, so if anybody out there is <laughs> We're looking with you. for work, it's, it's hard. It's hard, hard, hard. What did you, how did you decide to seize that time or to make the most of that time? You know, you would thought maybe you'd be internationally overseas for forever. And here you are moving back to the church where you were dragged into on day two of your existence. Did it feel like a, <laughs> like a backwards motion or did it feel like a homecoming or, or how was that process for you kind of coming back to three crosses? Yeah, that's, uh, it was a mixed bag. And I don't mean that as in like, Ooh, it was a mixed bag, but as in like in ways it was great in ways like. God just really transformed my mind into being like, wow, I haven't lived here in like seven or eight years. Like, let's rediscover what the Bay is like and and what uh, direction the church is moving in and who these amazing new leaders are that I haven't met yet and this cool new ministry that I don't know. Like, let's jump in and get involved. So like, God gave me a really great attitude for a lot of it. And then part of it too was like, God gave me the like humility to be able to like, be vulnerable with people that I trusted and be like, I'm having a hard time. Like, this isn't how I saw my life. This isn't how I see myself. And uh, those people like fixed me up with part-time work or gave me like really beautiful, like prayerful advice from the yeah. word. And uh, if you know somebody who's like, you know, dealing with this, reach out, give them prayerful advice from the word, give them a part-time job. It's means everything. And so I'm so grateful that like God did change my heart. I think at that point in my life, I can literally point to it was those like first maybe three or four months after I moved back that God like turned me into an optimist. I don't think I was before. I was just, you know, some things are sometimes good. Things are sometimes bad. Now I am like pathologically glass half full. <laughs> maybe you can give me some tips about what this <laughs> might look like for my own self. I don't think I'm quite there yet. Uh, but the part-time work that you're talking about, among other things, was right here at Three Crosses in Cafe Four. Is Indeed, that right? yeah. The cafe uh, let me volunteer with them once or twice for a specific event. And uh, the boss there, Lindsay, um, saw that I was doing hard work and needed more work. And so she and Kathleen offered me a part-time paid gig. And I was very honest with them and told them, like, I'm actively trying to leave, like, you don't, you don't have to do this. Like, I'm sorry that I'm only giving you part of myself. And they were uh, generous enough and were playing their roles in the kingdom and plan of God well enough that they're like, no, come on board. Like, we'll take what we can get. And here I am like three and a half years later, still working with them. Um, the shepherding that I've gotten from Lindsay has been really amazing in my life and really worked really wonders on my attitude as well. So, um, it's been a wonderful place to work. And yet there is still that thing where it's like, oh, you know, I have this advanced degree from a really well-respected institution and I, you know, pick up food waste, you know, I still have to do this like <laughs> attitude adjustment quite often, but it's just further underlining. Like I didn't see this as part of my 
plan. I didn't see the skills that I use in the cafe as part of my like set that God was going to use me for. Um, and yet he's like used this job and my brokenness that I needed to accept this job in order to like mature all of these like new skills in me and, and to create these relationships with people that God is using me in. And it's just like one more moment where I'm like, okay, if I opt in, if I, if I say to the Lord, like, okay, this is, this is you, this is what's happening. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Like thinking back to the beginning of our conversation, you talked about how you had to choose to be in and God really blessed that. And then I think it's true for you in the cafe that you chose to be in because you could have seen it as just picking up food waste and giving it part of yourself and dreamed about being gone, but you were all in. And I think you found that it's not just picking up and sweeping floors and pulling shots. It's a way of using that to connect with people, you Mm -hmm. know, the staff all around and and our patrons, like I love our cafe ministry and what it's brought. I know many of our listeners feel the same way. It's a beautiful space here in Castro Valley that you guys have built by being all in. And so I want to encourage you in that, like job well done, keep it up. Mm. I want to encourage our listeners also that, you know, if you're in a job that you don't love or didn't see yourself doing, uh, work hard at it. I remember one of my jobs when I was in my uh, own grad school life, I was in a warehouse and I drove forklifts and I like organized <laughs> things on shelves. Did you know this? Have I ever told you about no. my time there? <laughs> I can't imagine this. <laughs> I will take that as a compliment, not as a <laughs> rebuke of my driving <laughs> because I was good. I only collapsed one warehouse rack. And so <laughs> that was a bad day, but... <laughs> But I gave it my all, you know, packages that day. (laughs) And then now here at church, you know, part of what I deal with, and I didn't expect this in ministry, but we deal with a lot of like database stuff and inquiries and the way that that job taught me to think about data organization is I use this every day now. It's so weird. And so I think if I had been either too good for that job or held out for too long, I wouldn't have built those skills. And then now here I am using them in a completely unanticipated way more than 15 years later. And it's like, wow, the Lord really kind of knew. And I chose to be in and I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So like hearing your story about stepping in at the cafe and then getting prospered, getting promoted and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a lesson there for somebody who I guess maybe it would be to choose to be in. Yeah. You know, I think choosing is a very powerful tool that I've discovered about myself. I can choose to be kind of this person in front of me. I can choose to love the person that I'm with today. I can choose to have the attitude that I want to have, even though I don't necessarily feel it. Um, I think that while choosing is great for the the everyday and in the moment, like true transformation obviously comes from the spirit inside us. So I just like am trying to really pair those things in my life, both the act of choosing, just deciding what I'm going to do and really stepping forward, but also like praying on the daily, like transform my heart. So this is an easy choice. Just like, just completely like, you know, renew me this morning so that there's nothing in the past that makes us a difficult choice. Yeah. There's a passage in Ephesians that talks about how we work together with the spirit to produce this transformation mm. in our lives. And I, and I hear you saying that sometimes we can make the mistake of saying my spiritual life's up to me. And if I just work hard and have the right disciplines and do pick the right church and have the right Bible plan, everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's not true, right? We can't do it for ourselves. Like this is part of the good news of the gospel is that you are in some ways falling short everybody does. Mm -hmm. And then, but it's the gift of God, which does these things. But like you're saying, you can't just say, well, it's the gift. So let me not do anything (laughs) to partner with the Lord in my life. If he wants it for me, if he wants me to be patient, he'll snap his fingers and make me patient. If he wants me to be less angry, he'll snap his fingers and make me less angry. This kind of thing. Obviously that's foolish thinking. And so you have to do your part and let God do his part. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that insight to work as hard as you can and leave room for the spirit to do his work. Yeah. Yeah. 
So here you are at the cafe and the cafe has blown up. And in fact, we're trying to find some people to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about what that is? Just in case there's somebody somewhere at some amazing coffee shop with amazing skills. That's like, man, I would really love to work at Three Crosses as a floor manager. What do you guys yeah. have coming up on the horizon? Well, um, I would say that I cannot recommend it enough. Your bosses will be amazing. Although one of them's me. So, you know, I'm a little biased. Um, I love working for the cafe because one of the things that we really strive to do is have a really family atmosphere within the staff. And um, we try and like provide a lot of spiritual care for our employees. So it's a space where it's really safe to talk about like what you're struggling with. Uh, we pray before and after shifts. Um, and we really try and be the type of people that will point our customers into deeper relationship with God. So if that's something that you're interested in being a part of or something you would like to grow in and you feel like you're maybe not there yet or something you just want to like hear more about and, and understand if it's for you, like we would love to talk to you. Um, it's, uh, it's a job that requires managing people and, uh, providing some kind of spiritual care or spiritual interest in the people around you. And that involves working with coffee. So if any of those things are your jam, we got you, we could just teach you the rest. Yeah, that's right. You can check in at the cafe and get an application or you can go to threecrosses.org slash jobs. This has not been primarily a thinly veiled <laughs> commercial, but I thought, you know, <laughs> We well, might as well here. roll it out there. And I think that we're uh, potentially opening up some barista shifts as well. Uh, mm -hmm. School season always is mm -hmm. up and down. So really any experience level. And you may even be thinking, I don't want to do that. I want to give them part of myself and then drift away to overseas again. And then you can <laughs> we end got up, that too. <laughs> we got that. We got that too. I think Kelly's proof positive. If you follow the leading of God and, and work well with what he's prospered you, that you'll get more and more entrusted and it will be better and better than you had ever dreamed. Yeah. And I we don't have say a lot that. of... Um, baristas that are working for us right now and especially that have worked for us in the past that have come to us in a season of god what are you doing and it's a great place to uh just kind of feel restored you're surrounded by really positive people you have access to really wonderful people on staff here and um it's just an environment where everybody's like trying to build you up or trying to um like reaffirm what god has placed in you um so that's i mean that's how i came to the cafe that's how Lindsay, the manager came to the cafe and um, if you're in a season right now where you're like, um, that didn't go to my plan, like, God, I thought we were on the same page here. Like, like, come join us and we'll follow Jesus together. Yeah, that's awesome to hear you say that. I hope that your story keeps you trapped in the cafe for many years to come. <laughs> this is my selfish bias, but, you know, however <laughs> the Lord, you know, like it's like a benevolent trapping, really, because mm, yes. like the cafe's great, but you still have this international dream in your heart. And I think mm -hmm. you're still saying yes to the Lord in terms of how he's going to work that out. And so... Mm -hmm. We're praying for you as God makes that clear. Yeah, we don't know what that that means. I don't know when or where that will take me. Um, I'm trying not to be that person that's like, um, God, no, we're not doing that. And yet, you know, we all find ourselves doing that every day. So pray for me as I have the right attitude and the right uh, posture yeah. before the Lord, for sure. That's awesome. From all of us here at Three Crosses, we are praying for you. You, Kelly, and the plural you, the y'all, as we would say, in my <laughs> home country of Kansas. Um, and I love what Kelly was saying about the cafe being a place to um, come and grow spiritually, be cared for spiritually. And even if you want to know more about what it's like to follow Jesus to step in, our cafe is a great place to do that. But we have a lot of things. We're in home community season. We'd love to see you join us for that. Join us for a Sunday service. We have prayer room every week. I think it's hardest to say yes to Jesus most often if you're alone. And so coming around some like-minded people who can help you, I want to encourage you, our listeners, to do that. I think that finding Jesus is absolutely worth it. I pray that you'll take that step. And so we love you. We're praying for you. And we'll talk to you soon.